like a fetish club for your ears. Grab a hot drink and turn down the lights. Coming across the airwaves and into bedrooms everywhere, BDSM United is bringing you non-violent, consensual, kink education. This isn't for the kiddos or for the cookie-cutter conservative vanilla prunes. We'll be talking bondage, discipline, dominance, submission, sadomasochism, and more today on this BDSM United podcast. I am Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining us for another BDSM United podcast in our slave training series. This is a new and improved slave training series, and uh, we've added a lot of new information. Um, some of it was kind of hard for me to teach, even uh, because it is kind of it's things that I know about, but it's not always easy for me to teach them. Um, but it definitely gives you some ideas of things for you to look into. Uh, as you develop your master-slave relationship and as you develop your training process. Um, today, let's talk uh, about contracts. Uh, the major purpose of a slave contract is to, to define the goals and set the standards of ex that are expected of a slave and to establish the responsibilities of the master. I'm going to repeat that because that's pretty important, is that the purpose of a slave contract... It is to define the goals, and it sets the expected standards of a slave, but it also establishes the responsibilities of the master to the slave. A slave contract is not a legally binding contract. It's not going to hold up in, in court in most countries, uh, and that's really not its purpose. Um, but it's a, sim it's a symbolic representation of the commitment for both the master and the slave. And uh, the contracts within BDSM are important communication tools. Um, within the BDSM community, the slave contract is considered an important document, and it should only be approached if both the master and the slave are serious and committed to the future. A slave contract is to be entered into with the informed consent of both parties. The slave contract reflects what's expected in the re-education and the re-socialization of the slave. Generally, slave contracts are more detailed in the early stages of training, and then they're oftentimes rewritten a little bit later as the as the um, slave is molded into the image and and the likeness of the master, and uh, and you know, uh, usually there's somewhat of a training contract and then a more formal contract following. The the details in earlier slave contracts help guide both the master and the slave in the right direction. Uh, now, slave contracts don't define how a slave is to act all of the time. They're not generally micromanaging contracts, but instead they provide general concepts because a lot of times in MS, uh, once the slave is, is trained, uh, the slave just instinctively knows the master and knows how to please and serve and obey the master and knows what, the, uh, knows what, what it should do at all times in order to please the master. So it often refers to rules and guidelines that will be set by the master that are independent of the contract itself. 
the slave contract is a permanent document that it, that really doesn't change very much over time. However, rules and guidelines may change. Um, oftentimes, a slave contract is a future-oriented document. The intent of the slave contract is to explain what is expected both of the master and the slave in the future. And the freedoms given to... Uh, given to the slave by the master should be clearly defined in the slave contract and understood by the slave. There really is no reason not to freely discuss the slave contract. Uh, and and it, there's no reason that it should not be understood by the slave. There's no reason not to freely discuss the discuss it with, the trainee before both sign the document. Now, um, oftentimes, though, they don't change a lot. Oftentimes, they'll be revisited uh, at different, maybe yearly or, um, you know, every three years or whatnot, because you don't always know uh, what the future holds, and you don't know what things may change or be added to just culture in general. Uh, for instance, someone in the 60s, who uh, who signed a slave contract may not know that in the 90s that computers would even uh, personal computers would even be a thing or internet connections would even be a thing or online uh, types of uh, communication would be so prevalent and so at some point they may update it to include things that deal with computers and online things uh, a slave contract must be realistic to have any real value to the parties who sign one. There are many examples of contracts on the internet, so yeah, you know, be sure that you read several, and you really need to prepare your own based upon your own lifestyle. Um, while you can model yours after someone else's, it definitely needs to be personalized. Um, each party entering a relationship has expectations and desires. Uh, make sure the contract meets as much as possible of the desires of both of you, both you, the master, and the slave. Make sure you uh, want to own or to be a slave before you even consider signing a contract. You really need to have a realistic view. That's oftentimes why perhaps a more temporary uh, training contract uh, needs to be signed first and then a more formal one later because you're not going to know what you don't know until you know what you don't know. Let me repeat that. You're not going to know what you don't know until you know what you don't know. So <laughs> you're not going to even know uh, whether you definitely want to be a slave or that you definitely want to be uh, to own a slave until you're into the process itself. When you first do a contract, you may make it very complex and cover many issues in great detail. Um, the truth is you can use a very general slave contract. So oftentimes uh, you may come up with something that's really big and bulky. It's best probably to trim it down, to edit it, and edit it down to something that's a little more general. Um, you'll find that you need a living, breathing document that grows with you. 
Many find that a general contract really works better than a detailed one. And uh, something I would say is that you want this to be more of a vision statement than a rules-based statement. You want this to kind of uh, tell your story and tell your and kind of set your goals and kind of set you on a mission or a direction more so than rules and guidelines and things. So an, an owner's manual or a house manual uh, oftentimes fulfills that purpose rather than a contract. Some basic elements um, you should consider when preparing a slave contract. Well, you definitely want the names of the parties involved and their role or their identity in the relationship along with your titles such as master and slave. Uh, you definitely want to include the period of the slave's service, uh, the, the beginning of, a, of the contract terms, the, the period of service. It, it may be lifelong, or, you know, you may want to, uh, you know, uh, set it for a different time frame. It's really up to you. Uh, the conditions of slavery, uh, domination and submission, extent in rules and duties, different types of punishments. Uh, you want to include the limitations to the master's authority. Um, oftentimes, um, most in MS relationships, uh, most of the slaves don't have limits. Uh, uh, they generally share the limits of the master, but oftentimes it's, it, it is the master's choice. The master can, um, can give any limits that he wants to or afford any limits he wants to to his slave. Uh, so any limits or safe words and how they're applied. Um, example perhaps uh, would be to not do bodily harm or destroy uh, a, a certain family relationship. Um, you know, the slave, uh, you know, whether you give the slave rights for free time or periods of open communication. Um, sometimes uh, some people can have what they call porch time. You know, they call it different in different relationships where they can step out of the MS role to, to briefly talk about concerns and things, or they can petition, sorry, to step outside of the MS role temporarily for just a few moments to talk about things um, in, in, in a more autonomous, equal way just for a period of time. So if, if that's something that interests you as a master and you want to write that into your contract, that would be important. Um, and how, how to terminate the contract. How and who can terminate the relationship and why it can be ended. Uh, if the proper period of time the contract covers uh, before being renewed or canceled, uh, you know, you know, you want to definitely tell um, how the contract is terminated or how the relationship can end. You definitely want to give yourself a path out, um, though you may never take it, may never want to take it. Um, you definitely want to put it in there so that nobody is hurt in the process um, if it ever should end. Um, the oath and the signatures of parties and oftentimes witnesses. It's definitely good not to always have your relationship in isolation, but also to um, get the advice and counsel and, 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 and be involved in 
BDSM in the local community as well to some degree. So, you know, witnesses that sign it and date it, um, it, it helps add formality to it. And, uh, and it ha- helps um, b- give an air of uh, accountability. Um, the slave contract serves as a reminder that the slave is the own property of the master. The slave contract serves as a reminder to the slave of the freedoms it has delivered to its master. It also is a reminder to the master of, its, of his responsibilities to his slave. The signing of a, tron- a contract, again, it can't be a forced act. It's a consensual document, and it really needs to be clearly understood. So if you're using language that uh, one person doesn't understand, you definitely need to rewrite it or explain it or teach it so that uh, both people can consensually understand it and make an informed consensual decision about signing it. Before the actual signing of the contract that's when it's the right time to ask questions, to get answers, to make sure that all the vetting and negotiations have been done before you go and sign such an important document because you're really signing something. Uh, you're giving your word, and your word should matter in this lifestyle. I'm Primal Piggy. Thank you for joining me for this BDSM United podcast in our slave training series. Uh, All of our resources online are easily accessible on www.bdsmunited.com. Leave us a like, a review, a comment. Um, Tell us what you think. Um, This helps us connect or helps you connect with us, but it also helps other adults find uh, these BDSM educational resources. And when our uh, others in our community are uh, educated it makes our whole entire community better so thank you for playing your part in that it's been a joy talking to you today and i'll talk to you again soon before you go head on over and visit our friend nookie at datingkinky.com She's been a longtime supporter and friend of whips, chains, and duct tape, and she's built a very inclusive service that is Dating Kinky. Built by kinksters, for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla, and it's free. But also check out a Plus membership. It gives you access to nine books, three online classes, and over 250 webinar replays. That's nearly 400 hours of kinky education. Plus membership is an amazing deal. You also get access to amazing features like voice and video chat. That's datingkinky.com.